0: Our third lesson is from the Gospel of St. John, the 20th chapter, starting on verse 1, and is also found in your bulletin insert if you'd like to follow along. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. When she said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? and your Father to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. Here ends our reading. This is the day. This is the day we celebrate our rising with the resurrection of the Christ, transforming despair into hope, sorrow into gratitude, fear into freedom. A rising that over and over again is a long time coming. I realize for me, it is easier to speak from the tomb. I have a tendency to be pulled into the darkness there. I've learned, whether it was a good learning or not, that what is real is what is painful and vulnerable and traumatic. So I have a hard time going to the light. But I have been intrigued by this idea that we really can heal from our trauma. That we don't have to forever live the stories of what have harmed us. Even our tradition's Easter story, though it comes with an ancient Jewish oppressed people, these people somehow walk with a nobleness of the human spirit. Nearly 10 years ago, this Easter morning, Maya Angelou gave a reading of her poem, Still I Rise. And as she was preparing to embody those words, she said, everyone in the world has gone to bed one night or another with fear, with pain, or loss, or disappointment. And yet each of us has awakened, arisen, somehow made our ablutions and seen other human beings and said, morning, how are you? Fine, thanks. And you? It's amazing, she said. Wherever that abides in the human being, there is the nobleness of the human spirit in spite of all. Black and white, Asian, Spanish, Native American, pretty, plain, thin, fat, vowed or celibate, we rise. I am amazed by those like Maya Angelou who walk as Easter people who are claiming the Easter part of their story, who don't live out of a place of embarrassment or having been pushed down. I see Maya Angelou in this recording 10 years later and witnessed strength and someone who has risen and who walks from that place. And I wonder, how could it be that I could live as an Easter person? Because I know that it's not only true that harm has happened, that the grave and the crucifixion have happened, but also that the rising has happened. From the opening verses of the Gospel of John, there are hints that Jesus will rise again. We are told of the life and light that shines forth from Jesus that and using the past tense, did not darkness did not overcome. And the command to rise is sprinkled throughout the book. Even so, the road to understanding this rising and who this risen one is, is a hazy one. And though Jesus encourages his disciples that they know the way, they aren't clear within themselves. On this long-awaited Easter morning, even still, Mary finds herself in darkness. Convinced that someone has stolen Jesus' body, she is lost in despair. And then, like the rising sun, the light comes in her own hearing. I imagine her gasp, her eyes light up, her smile brimming over, as the life of God, dormant within her, surprises her in its rising. And with her name, she is called back to herself. Moments of Easter often come in a surprise. They often take a long time, not because we haven't worked to get there, but they do come in our daily lived experiences. Transformation of feeling hurt into a place of being able to offer generosity, becoming the actor in our story, not only the one acted upon. I think of years when I walked with great anticipation of the death of my dear friend, and when the day finally came, the transformation that happened in that moment. What once made me feel like I was going to drown, even thinking about became a moment of great honor, a moment that gave me power as I witnessed her noble spirit, even in her dying. I also think about when I first learned to paint. Yes, painting. And I only happened into painting because I wanted to take sculpture and casting. I never thought I was very good at it. And painting 101 was a prerequisite I ended up having this professor for painting who was like a spiritual guru, calling the inner painter out of each person. It was this class of athletes and people who were not painters, but who were trying it on because they needed it as a part of their degree. And it was incredible. I didn't know there was such a world of color around me before. I started looking at the sky and the trees, and the people around me with delight. Just watching the leaves, the color of the leaves, as I walked up the hill from class, I was lost in my own ecstasy, like a John Muir moment. And then I continued taking classes in France, where I was with the top students in the art world. And once I arrived, realized I had no business being there. I felt completely lost, like I didn't know my artistic identity. I didn't know my identity anymore. When the class was done, I came back to my school and continued painting, moving into abstract and then doing non-objective paintings, pictures without pictures like on the top of your bulletins, doing an independent study, taking as many classes as I possibly could. As there were offered in painting. There was a point when I was trying to get something out of myself, I was trying to come up with a painting that would finally feel satisfying, but they were never quite authentic, never quite me. My professor could tell I was struggling and he would sometimes take me to his house or to other places on the campus or to art galleries and show me different paintings. He would try to walk me through how a painting works. Do you see why this painting works? And what do you feel when you see this? And what kinds of pieces are you drawn towards? And what do you notice in those? What was happening during the time they painted that? He was really trying. I don't remember all the things he said, but sometimes, Something would shift. One day I went to the studio, and I was so fed up with trying to be whatever it was I was supposed to be as an artist that I tore off a piece of canvas, tacked it up onto my easel raw, not having stretched it, letting the fray show. I didn't gesso it. I didn't paint it white first so as to make it pristine and the colors pop. I just started plastering texture onto the canvas and putting color on it. And it was like, in one eruption, I was finally free. No longer stuck in the tomb, I had come back to myself. And wouldn't you know it, that was the painting that made people stop and wonder who had created this great piece. (laughs) We can rise, and we do rise. There's a poem, Sabbath and Weekdays by Zelda, a Hasidic woman mystic. You'll find the very last part of it after the the sermon in your bulletin. She writes about having moved out of this otherworldly experience of living the Sabbath. She describes lighting the Sabbath candles and being in this wonderful space where she is aligned with the world, and she is clear, And then the Sabbath is over and it's the first day of the week and she makes her way into the grocery store. And there she is met with strange looks and she becomes self-aware that the grocer sees her as if she came from another planet. With dismay, he surveys her looks foreign to him and in his pupils she can see mirrored back to her her crumpled scarf, and her embarrassed smile. And suddenly the person in front of her has lost their money, and accusing eyes come at her. And this transformation happens where instead of going further down into shame, she moves out of feeling stuck in the store and stuck by the judgment and stuck by the harsh looks and assumptions and moves into knowing who she really is. The truth is not bound by the person in the store. The truth is not bound by one moment in time, not even bound by her death. She again becomes connected to the greater world, to the sun, to the ocean, the stars. And she becomes grateful because the grocer actually helped her realize what our tradition might call her Easter She lived from a place of freedom, even in the midst of tumult. She didn't live from a place of shame, the place of harm. Like Mary, she was called back to herself. She lived rejoicing. Pope John Paul II said, Do not lose yourself to despair, for we are Easter people, and hallelujah is our song. Easter is freedom and it's gratitude, and it's unhooked living, it's resounding experience, it's coming back to ourselves, it's walking with the nobleness of the human spirit that resides within us, in spite of the things we are most afraid of. And so again, I say to you, do not lose yourself to despair, for we are Easter people, and hallelujah is our song. Christ is risen.